Good evening, boys and girls. Welcome to another live edition of the Highbury Squad. It's the Summer Series, Episode 2. We have a very special guest tonight. No, it's not the Queen of England, although we all know she's a gooner. Just ask Cesc Fabregas. Maybe you could ask Super Kevin Campbell because he's back tonight. <laughs> Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Ah, good evening, boys and girls. Welcome to the Highbury Squad. For those of you listening on replay, and many of you will, because there are Nation League games going on. I don't even know what it's called, but... If you're into that, then go right ahead. For those listening on iTunes and Spotify and Acast, welcome to the show. Had to put up this picture of the Queen. Anyone who stays in a job for 70 years has my respect. And back on the show first, my podcast brother from another mother. Boy, have I missed you. Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell. (laughs) Squaddies. (laughs) <laughs> good to be no. back. It won't be for long, but it's good to be back at ease and let's go. <laughs> Listen, we don't mind Nottingham Forest borrowing you, okay, for a little bit. They can, and and now they're back in the Premier League. I'm just saying we need a timeshare type of deal with what's going on here. Uh, but congratulations to your old club, Nottingham Forest, who haven't been in the top flight since they broke up the Pierre Van Hoydonk Kevin Campbell relationship. Mr. Super Kev. Yeah, Um, it's been been a long time. Well, let's welcome our... But much deserved. Much deserved, totally. Let's welcome our special guest. We are breaking his Highbury squad cherry, everybody. I have been trying to get this fella on the show for a while. Finally, the stars have aligned. Um, He's the writer of Le Grove and, of course, the host of the Arsenal Opinion podcast. Mr. Pedro, welcome to the Highbury squad. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I love how, how much success your show's been having this year, and it's uh, it's great to be on with the both of you. So uh, It's all Sophie, chat. mate. I tell you, it's all <laughs> Sophie. Uh, no, I can't do it without my wingman. By the way, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, I just have to say, you got to go see that. All right, Lone Star is sweltering in Texas. It's 100. Uh, I told him maybe our conversation will keep him cool. Stapes, good evening. Lynn, good evening. Our chief like officer, Tammy, back in the house. Um, A-Run is here. Hertzy in the house. Have you had another kid since the last time we spoke? Not sure. Uh, good evening to Tebow, CM, um, SS. Everyone is here, and we're here to talk a little bit about football. And then at the end, we'll have a quick fire pop culture round with Pedro because during the summer series, we're getting to know our Arsenal community a little bit better. And by the way, if you haven't caught our talented Gooners episodes, we start those, started those earlier this season. Some really talented people in the Arsenal community doing great things. Hello, Arsenio, Craig, every single one of you. Thank you so much. Rich, are you back from Thailand? Hope you had a good time. I think you've been back for a while now. Anyway, Super Kev started already. The whole of transfer course. thing. Of I course. Mean, I was on Tom's show yesterday with um, yeah, with Ask Blog and Harry, and uh, we were talking about, are you starting to panic yet? You know, Arsenal fans <laughs> starting to panic yet. So I'm going to, before I get Pedro's take on a little bit of, you know, success versus failure last season, are you even engaged into the transfer bit yet? I so love Tom doing a show every morning where, you know, obviously the Football London stuff, they get to... They've got their ear on the ground to a lot of these things, but I'm not panicking yet. Are you? Why, why would I panic? Why would I panic? <laughs> now, listen, at Arsenal, they're, at least they're trying to do some business and it's not even July yet, right? It's just turned to June. I know things might go a little bit quicker and I'm looking forward to seeing some of the signings. I'm not panicking at all. No, far from it. I I think they know what they need to do, so, and I'm sitting back, relaxing. I might even get me hat, get the hat, get a cigar out. (laughs) 
get a la-di-da and sit back because you know what? It's going to tell me a lot. Our recruitment this, this summer. Yeah, this is the big one. Pedro, where do you stand on all this? Um, being a writer and a podcaster, of course, the, the troops expect content and they love their transfer content. There is no doubt about that. What's your take? Yeah, I think, I think it's a I think it's a bit early to to get panicked. Um, I think we're I think we're going for quality this summer, and I think that Arsenal are playing in a in a type of market where there's going to be competition for signatures. Um, so I I would like us to get our business done early, like Dortmund. I think they've signed seven players um, already, but I don't think it's going to go that way. Um, but I'm. I, the the reason that I'm confident this summer is m maybe last year there was a lot of debate about what we needed. Um, the direction wasn't really clear. We didn't know what sort of profile of player we're going to sign, but I think we had a really good summer last year. The direction has much more clarity. Like we know we need a striker. We know we need you know we, we know what all the problems are, and I think Arteta and Edu see the same problems that we do. So it's just a question of how much quality we can add because we don't have an infinite amount of money like other clubs. And, um, you know, there are some really consequential signings that we've got to make. I mean, I, I think the striker signing is probably 60 million to spend. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that that will be the most consequential signing that we'll make for the next five years. It really makes or breaks the ambitions of the club. So I really hope Arsenal get it right. Um, and I hope that they don't make us wait until the last day of the season, last day of the transfer window, like uh, like it felt like they did last year. So I'm excited. No need to get panicked right now. So let's talk about this a little bit. Um, in a nutshell, because I don't really want to, you know, labor too much on last season. Uh, Kev and I definitely kind of shifting gears and looking ahead versus using that rear view mirror, which, by the way, I only do for my lipstick. Uh, the, least, the listeners know that. Uh, Pedro. Success or failure for you last season in a, if you can just encapsulate it for us. I think when you, I think if you looked at the last three months of the season, it, it, it felt like a failure, but context is, is king when it comes to football. I think we, um, we tend to only, we, we judge things in moments rather looking, rather than looking at the bigger picture. The plan at the start of the season was to age down the squad, bring in a, um, a different profile of character um, into the squad because the only way Arsenal can get back to the top is if they grow their their talent. So they purposely went out and bought players that had two to three seasons worth of experience at a very young age. And the hope is that if you've got that sort of talent at a young age, then you can blossom into a world-class player. And the plan was Europe this season. That was the target. Um, the fact that we were within spitting distance of top four was a, an overachievement because no one thought that that was going to happen three games into the season. So um, could we have done better in the final stretch? Uh, yes, but I don't think it's a catastrophe. And I think if we're all really honest, the idea of this young squad playing three games a week from September probably wasn't a good one. So I think that we can make Europa League work for us next season. Um, I think the... We've got a really ambitious um, manager that believes that we can win. You know, we can be competing for the league in two seasons' time. Um, and I think it's a, you know, I, I think the players that kind of bottled it a little bit towards the end of the season, they'll have more experience going into next season. They'll know what it's like to be in a competition. Um, and you know, just looking at some of the statistics, it's like uh, two of the top five chance creators in the Premier League are in Arsenal's side. And they're both under the age of 25. The, the next oldest after that is Bruno Fernandes, and he's 27 years old. I mean, the sky is the limit for some of these players. So put a proper striker in the system, get some cover for Thomas Partey, sort out the fullback coverage. And, you know, you've got a top four team. You found 10 extra points there. Um, and the, the average age of the squad, when we take out the older players, when we lose Lacazette, if we lose uh, Jacker, actually goes down this summer. So um, sky's the limit. I know, you know, Kev, you've, played in some uh some young teams I, I i you know i'd love the i'm not not this much forget it's not my podcast here but i think no, some get stuck in. that's why kev's is here I, is the joy yeah, of asking yeah. him these questions yeah go on yeah it's, 
ages age is a mitigating factor and people don't understand that there is a big difference between a 22 year old player and a 29 year old player average age of that liverpool squad was 29 average age of that madrid squad was probably even a little bit older, older. there's a reason yeah. older players are better and I, I like I, I feel like not enough is said about having the youngest squad in the premier league collecting 69 points which was enough for third the two previous seasons so i'm super positive about the direction that we're going and um, I just hope that we can make it count with the recruitment this summer. Pedro, I think what you what you say is 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 right, but unfortunately, as you well know, fans look at moments. They look at the moment, and the moment was there for us, obviously because of that lot down the road, as well. That's why it meant it meant more to be able to get that top four. Um, we are inexperienced. Uh, we don't have the experience of of some of the other teams because of our youth. But you're right, the bigger picture says, now there's more seasoning coming into this side because they've sometimes you've got to go through the, the, the trials and tribulations to understand what it takes to get there. And it's difficult for us as fans to feel it and to accept it, but as players, sometimes that's the way it goes. And every season, or it, because it maybe happened you know, 10 years ago doesn't reflect on how it is now. So I, I, I agree with what you say. Look, the signings this summer are going to be key. I think Jesus is is, is a sought-after striker. Um, some agree, some don't. It's, it's, it's okay. But for me, I like him. He likes to press. He, he can score goals. And I think in our side, I think he will score goals. Um, so... Again, you know, I think we need two strikers, by the way. And um, whether Eddie signs or not, I still think we need a big one. Okay, so let's get stuck into this a little bit because in total kind of chaos media mode, and I love this. And by the way, 160 of you listening live, Chief Like Officer Tammy's in the house, Super Kev is back tonight, and we've got LaGrove. I'm just saying it's the summer and we're spoiling you already. So Super Kev, tell them what you want. Well, again, so look, if there's 160 in, I don't, I want more than half. I want 90. Exactly. I want 90 likes. Because you know what? I'm giving up my, my evening here to come up with you guys. Vinny's showing you what to do. LeGros well, giving up his time. Pedro is sitting on Pedro's head right now. You know, <laughs> but Pedro's giving up his time. Sophie's giving up her time for you to bring you a summer series show. Come on, give us something back. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right, Lone Star. Jesus will save us. He will save us all. After okay, he so hits the like. After he hits the like button. Um, okay. So I wanted to throw some of these up for you because what I love about what the media do is they start looking at what our 11 can look like next season. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it all up here and then we can just talk about it bit by bit because according to reports, this young fella, you know, we don't know until we see them holding up the shirt and signing the contract where they do and Mikel, you know, either side. I love how Premier League News um, News Now is doing a lot of this stuff. You know, um, my by the way, I look old enough to be his mother. I'm probably old enough to be Jesus's mother. Um, of course, then you've got the media making the perfect scenario story for the summer Arsenal versus Tottenham, who would sign for Arsenal when they can sign for Conte and play in the Champions League. Um, there's this guy too uh, that has become a talking point. And for me, the signing of the summer would be having someone like this fella in our side, maybe out of our price range, might just be a little bit of a pipe dream, but I would certainly rather have him than another young player like Hickey. But if you look at what Sports DS have done, they've got Jesus up front, Smithrow on one side, Saka, Tillemans, Udegaard, Partey, and then the back speaks for itself. Although, instead of Tomiyasu, they have Livramenentos, however you pronounce his name. TalkSport did their little um, team too. They have Jesus on the left. They've got Abrahams up front, and they have Marty and Saka, and then Tillemans and Xhaka at the back with the regular um, uh, back five. And then, of course, uh, TalkSport did another one with Jesus up front, Sterling on the left, Smith Rowe in the middle, Saka, Xhaka and Tillemans. 
The thing that struck me the most about this, and I'd like to start off with the midfield, is that most of these folks are talking about this guy partnering Xhaka versus talking about Thomas Partey. Pedro, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, his goal at Manchester United, he gets a lot of stick. He's made some fundamental mistakes at the biggest times for us. We've not qualified for the Champions League um, since he has been in the squad. I think we'd argue that had Partey been playing uh, for the last few games this season, would we have made uh, the Champions League? I would argue if he and Tierney were playing and Tommy Asu were a completely different team. Talk to me about the midfield first and some of the stuff I've lobbed at you guys here. I think uh, Thomas Partey is the king in our midfield. Like Mikel Arteta has said in numerous press conferences, the win statistics when Thomas Partey is in midfield are much, much higher than, than when he's not in midfield. So everything will be built around him. I think um, Granite Jacker is a very good player. Um, I think he he's always going to make cer- certain errors in a season. I don't think referees like him or treat him particularly fairly. But he comes in and he does a job. But at some point, you're going to have to move beyond him. He's 29, he's 29 years old. We know his limitations. He's not taking us to the next level. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave. I mean, there was the, there was talk that he was going to go to Roma last summer. Um, but the... The partnership in midfield will be Thomas Party plus. Um, I think Yuri Tillemans is um, is the player that everybody's talking about at the training ground. Um, I think that he's got one year left on his deal, twenty five million for a, for a player that's not had the best season, but is undoubtedly talented. Um, would would represent a good deal. He's great with both feet. He's got excellent delivery from anywhere in the park. He's got little bursts of speed um, and. He is he's still young. Uh, I, th- I think that a lot of people are criticising his pace, but a lot of people criticise the pace of uh, Thiago at Liverpool. Uh, I, mm. I don't think his game is about pace. I think it's about quick movement, um, great great end product, and he scores goals. He's got a he's got like a Mark Overmars esque fizzing low shot that I love, and having goals from midfield is something that Granite Jacker certainly doesn't have. So um, I expect us to upgrade the midfield. And the interesting thing is that we don't have a lot of experience in the side. So the idea is we don't have to sell Jacker. We can have Jacker as a player to rotate. You know, the problem with us last season was Arteta is, you know, his job was on the line last season. So he played the same team over and over again. If he rotated Tommy Asu, if he rotated Thomas Partey, maybe we would have got fourth. You know, sometimes a win turns into a draw and a draw turns into a loss, but you've got your players fitter for longer. Tielemans allows us to rotate with more confidence. So I think he'd be a fantastic um, addition to the squad. And I think the criticism feels very much like it was, you know, Martin Erdegaard is a boring player. Well, now he's one of the biggest chance creators in open play in the Premier League. So um, I trust the club when it comes to making decisions about uh, creative talent. Super Kev, you've been really vocal about that midfield for years. (laughs) Uh, You were... You were actually on a show. I can't remember which show it was. I was listening a couple of weeks ago where the Ruben Neves Tielemans question was thrown at you. Um, you've. I want to focus on the midfield right now. We'll get to the striker and some of the other positions. What's your take on a lot of people talking about Xhaka being the guy, not Thomas Partey? Is that because of injuries? I know how you feel about Thomas Partey. Our listeners do as well. Um, I, I just do- think people make that decision self. Um, sorry to cut across you there. No, People no, make like that decision it. because of the way the season finished sometimes, where party mm. wasn't there. So Xhaka's the... Everybody knows that our best our best player, best midfielder for sure is Thomas Partey. He's the one who makes everything tick and click. When he's playing well, against anybody, he stands out. He stood out so much this season, obviously. But the difficulty has been health availability now in order to get the availability right we might have to have more of a squad where sometimes he doesn't play every game as as pedro said and we can rotate so the neves of this world and tielemans of this world can rotate in that midfield that's where maybe Xhaka can come in and, and 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 play the anchor role or whatever it might be sambi it might be somebody else but you know, if we brought three central midfielders in, 
it might be El Nenny playing that that role. You know, if we brought three more midfielders in, I think we'll be we'll be in a lot stronger position. Uh, obviously, Tielemans, I think it will be a good signing. Neves is a good signing, and I, I still like Basuma. I do. I still like Basuma. I really do. Do you so, think it's his off-the-field stuff that's turned Arteta off a little bit? We've seen him with regards to yeah, characters maybe. just as important to him, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. And listen, lads make mistakes or whatever. I don't know the full... Mm-hmm. No, I've not got the full knowledge of what's going on off the pitch. But what I can tell you is on the pitch, he is box-to-box, could put his foot in, and he will make us a better, a better side. That's what I do know. And I don't think it'll be crazy money, Sophie, either. You know, I don't think it'll be crazy. I think he's got one year left on his contract after this one. So this is the time to buy. Well, we, but, we know he loves, he, he folded up his shirt last time, didn't he? I mean, he was he was actually sending a come and get me message <laughs> yeah. in the last transfer window. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a long way to go, you guys. It hasn't even opened yet. Um, let's get to a couple of other key positions because I would say both cost us. You know, we keep talking about needing depth. Um, Pedro, Kevin, and I talk about this a lot during the season in, in terms of we've, we're very supportive of our summer signings. Um, we got behind all of, all of them. And when we had our first 11 fit, we were a really good team. You know, the Manchester City game, probably the pinnacle of our season in terms of how we played how we move performance, performance yeah. everything about that match was indicative of what you want to see consistently and competitively throughout an entire season but once you go past those 11 it gets a bit tricky and this is the part where I do and Arteta have to convince players with Europa League football at least we can dangle that carrot to come to the club um i'm not sure if this guy is in the mix the, the stories about him seem a bit looser than the Gabriel Jesus stories, but I do want to focus on the left-back and right-back positions right now. Um, for me, this guy has shown not only that he's a huge talent, he's worked under the most intense manager um, in modern times. He's won at every single level. He's a competitor. We saw what his and he and his teammates rose to the occasion for a country, a nation, and a world that is looking for solidarity and peace right now. They represented everything good that we want back in this universe. Um, also, this young fella who's been doing bits in Syria didn't have a great game the other night, uh, but certainly someone who's on the radar. For me, I would rather as in as Inchenko than another young prospect, even though he's maybe less of a prospect. And of course, the loss of Tommy Asu was huge for us. Talk about a player who a lot of people said, who's he? What does he do? Came in and had an amazing immediate impact. I would say became a bit of a cult hero this season and certainly made Ben White and Gabriel look really good at the back when he played. How do you see that right now as it stands with regards to needing more experience and that higher echelon player versus what is realistic but understanding that if Tierney's going to be injury prone and Tomiyasu hopefully won't be, it's just his first season in the Premier League, which is much tougher than Syria. Talk me through that. What is your vision as a fan and also someone who writes um, about the club on a daily basis? Bless you, by the way, having gone through the season as a fellow <laughs> podcast host. <laughs> so I think there's a few there's a few interesting things that are at play with the fullback situation. Firstly, um, it was known that Tomiyasu had calf issues and Arteta Arteta needs to learn to trust the squad. Uh, Cedric came into the squad via emergency and he acquitted himself pretty well. If Cedric had been played during the Christmas period, um, Tomiyasu probably wouldn't have picked up an injury and then he wouldn't have re-injured himself and put himself out for, for even longer. And after you injure yourself for the second time, Becomes a psychological issue, and you know, then you get them players doubting themselves and performances uh, slightly dipping. Then you've got Kieran Tierney, and this just felt like um, Arsenal not mastering the dark arts. Uh, Liverpool had uh, Trent, who was 
obviously tired because he played a lot of games. And just before the international break, they announced that he's out for two weeks because he's got a hamstring injury. He's rested one game after that, and then he plays the rest of the season fit. Um, and, you know, they come close in all of the competitions that they play, and they win two cups. It's um, Kieran Tierney then goes out to Scotland. Um, we know that he's injury prone. He's not been rested. He plays all the games, and he gets injured in two meaningless get uh, after two meaningless friendlies. So Arsenal have got to manage their squad better. They've got to play the rules game a little bit better, or um, they and they also have to work out what the backup options are because Cedric is is not really at the standard. Um, and Tavares, bless him, I, I don't think he's at the level yet, and he looks like he needs a loan. So the second part of this is there is a finite amount of cash at Arsenal, so you don't want to be buying two fullbacks again. Like we need to be investing in attack. You know, we were we were basically bottom seven, uh, bottom of the top seven for goals scored most of the season. We need to invest in strikers and forward players that can add goals to the system. So I think that there are some opportunities for Arteta. Like Ainsley Maitland Niles has gone to Roma and he's had a disaster again. Um, he's not a midfielder. He is the second best right back at Arsenal, and he's done it at, in at the highest level. He's had Mares in his pocket. He's uh, had Adama Traore in his pocket. Like I, I think that he is an internal solution that could be an upgrade at right back. And you know he's got to ask himself: Do you want to go to the championship and play centre midfield, or do you want to be part of something special at Arsenal with your mates? Um, and then at left back, I, I think if Arsenal got an offer that was good enough for Kieran Tierney, they would absolutely take it. And then you can look at a Zinchenko, an, an upgrade there. Would you, um, so, if Newcastle were serious about the 50 million that has been reported, or even if it's 30, would you let Tierney go? Same question to Kev as well. One, one, 100%. He's, he's been here for three seasons, played 60% of the Premier League games. That's a pattern. Uh, you have to have your best players on the pitch, and 50 million for a player that's injury prone is exceptional money, especially if you can upgrade with Zinchenko. Injuries could happen to anybody. Um, he gets the club, he feels the club. And um, I think, Pedro, what you said about the squad, being able to have players who you can rotate makes a massive difference. Our problem is we don't, we didn't have it. We don't have it. And obviously, Nuno Tavares, who had a good introduction to the first team early on in the season, he kind of went a bit AWOL. Um, the, the back end of the season, didn't he? You, you know, he got substituted early and stuff, and then he got thrust in, and he he, he scored one goal against Manchester United, then he handballed one, and you know, it was it's a it's like a roller coaster with him. So I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but I wouldn't do it. I would I wouldn't do it. I'd keep Kieran, and I I like the Zinchenko one because he can play multiple positions. I watched him the other day play for Ukraine against Scotland. My God. He, he was a, he was outstanding, he was outstanding, and um, I think somebody like that who can play midfield or fullback e equally as well, I think would be a really good touch for us. Yeah, I I just I, I feel like um, like many of us, you know, injury. You have to be prepared for injuries, and you know, people keep wanting to say, "Got to catch Liverpool, got to catch City." There's three, maybe two or three steps in between that. And to be honest with you, if Liverpool end up losing Mane and Salah doesn't seem to be particularly happy right now, Henderson is on the wane. Um, you know, you've got a team, football cyclical, things happen. I think City will continually, it's like plug in, plug out, plug in, plug out. I think it's a little bit different for Liverpool. Chelsea, a lot of people are saying, you know, will they falter this year? I think... You have a great manager in Tuchel. You've still got some fantastic assets. You've got a new owner now who is going to invest. He's not going to invest like Abramovich. So I feel like our, our step, you know, this is the season really where Mikel Arteta does need to take the club to another level, which is why like signing a Zinchenko for me is a massive move. Signing a Gabriel Jesus and not missing out to a Tottenham who can offer Champions League football is a massive move. To me, you know, Tillemans and Neves, are they similar? Are they this, of ilk? I don't, I... No. I they're like, not. they're not, you know. Um, and so, as we move 
kind of a bit further forward uh, in in the side as well, there's been a lot of talk from the newspapers with regards to Juventus having an interest in Martinelli and Gabriel um, and us having a massive interest in bringing Gnabry home, perhaps. I always say never go back to your ex because it just won't ever be the same again. Let's start off with Gnabry as we move from the midfield to the back and then forward again. Pedro, are you all in on this or do you think there are better solutions and options than bringing him back to the Arsenal? I, I don't I don't think there's a I don't think there's a better solution, but I don't think he's going to come back to Arsenal. I think he turned down £321,000 a week at Bayern Munich. He's 26 years old. Uh, he's at the peak of his powers. Um, I, I just, it, it's it's the move that we make next year if we finish fourth or third. It's not the move that we make this year. I think he'd take too, he'd take too much of the, uh, the funds that would go towards a striker, in in my opinion. Like, I, and I, I just... I just can't see a player of that level that's won the Champions League slumming it uh, in the Europa League uh, next season. And I, I just don't think we've got the finances to make it work this year. I, I, love, I love the rumour. I love the player. You know, I, I've watched, I watched him at the Emirates playing for Arsenal. I watched him in a game where he gave the ball away and we conceded a goal. But um, he, he's, uh, he's so good. And I just I just worry that Arsenal fans are falling in love with this rumour a little bit too much and it's going to be disappointment. But they love the player. I think he's a little bit unrealistic at this time. If it does feel like a Vlaovic 2.0, where... Well, no, I, I, I disagree. I think the fact of the matter is Serge Gnabry's been at Arsenal. He knows what it feels like. He's he's, he's He left the boy and, he, and if there's any opportunity to get him back, he's coming back a man. Don't forget, he played with the, the current manager. He played with him in the side. So that has some, you know, some credence and, and some, some, some legs on it. Listen, whether, whether he'll come to Arsenal or not, that I don't know. But could there be mileage in it? 100%. Because after, didn't he, after, after Bayern Munich battered Tottenham, didn't he put North London in his red and all that kind of... So there well, is a goals, feeling... Yeah, there is a feeling there. You know, there is a feeling there he has for the football club. Now, do we have the funds to go and get him, etc., etc.? Look, I don't know all the financing stuff. I don't know about how much will be available. Um, I don't know. But is Gnabry a priority if we could get him? You're damn right he is because he's a game changer. He is a game changer for sure. He's somebody who you can hang your hat on to score goals if the opportunities arise. And we haven't had that for a while since Aubameyang was at his pump. So I think if we can do it, do it. Does it stifle Saka at all, Kev, if we get him? No, I don't think it does. I don't think necessarily it does stifle Saka. No, I think what it does, it, it breeds competition for places. So, And any good side has to have competition for places. Now, Gnabry, Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Jesus, or and whoever. Hey, there's three players who are going to play at the top end of the pitch. When you get your chance, you better take it because there's hungry players waiting behind you just to, to come in. Same thing happens at City. You see Liverpool do that now. This this is the this is the law of the jungle now, so you can't mm -hmm. be just having three players to play. No, you have to have competition. And if I you've think got that's, real quality, it's important. I think that's a really fundamental kind of growth that Arsenal Football Club have to have. I know that, and we saw a little bit of that, you know, as much as we love Emil Smith-Rowe and we love the Halen product coming through, you know, the competitiveness between him and Martinelli that ensued, especially towards the end of the season, is a healthy thing, right? Unfortunately, Pepe didn't click into another gear where he was able to force Mikel Arteta to make decisions about, you know, Saka starting. Same thing with, you know, up front, it was Lacazette, Lacazette, Lacazette. After Aubameyang went, where's the competition? Finally, Arteta made a tough decision and brought in Eddie, which helped towards the end. I still have question marks about Eddie. And I think if we want to elevate our game and go to the next level, 
is not going to be the long-term answer. Um, so yes, Kev, you need, when you look at, for example, the Liverpool game, was it the League Cup game where we had played that heroic nil-nil? They, we come to the Emirates and it's still they, they tied. Scored. They scored. They scored. And, they and made then two they subs. made two, two subs. I mean, And who came on? Salah, Salah and, and Firmino. Firmino. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? You yeah. know, that, that's, that's real power, real strength. Yeah. You know, where the defenders think, oh, they're making a... a, a a change where it's going to, they might take a step back. No, they go even more on the front foot. So, yeah, I haven't seen any spammers, by the way, you guys, what are you talking? Is there, is there some, some porn spammer in the chat? There's, oh yeah, I just saw it. Dating sucks and something else does too. So there we go. There's the block. Thanks for letting me know all 360 of you. Don't get Kev mad. You know what to do. Tell them Kev is smash it, hit it, nut it, butt it. You know, there's a few. Put it in the corner. Smash it, slide it in the corner, squaddies. Come on. Um, okay, so let's talk real quick about he's not going anywhere, is he? This is just nonsense talk, isn't it? Okay, the, yeah. I mean, when there's no way we're letting this guy go. And by the way, I forgot to put these pictures up of Serge, but I mean, this is when he was look, look who's baby. playing in this team. He's a, a baby. Look, he's a baby there. And this game against Tottenham, where he was lights out. He scored as well, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. And of course, as Pedro said, he's won it all um, at Bayern as well. Okay, so let's get stuck into, we've talked about the back line. We've talked about the midfield. We've talked about that forward line. Now it's a bit of freestyle, Pedro. Who would, if you could shape the team the way you want and... Is there a player that we haven't mentioned that you would love to see added to the squad based on the reality of perhaps the budget that we have to spend? What do you really think is going to happen this summer? I, I think the the striker position is the most consequential of the summer. Um, if you if you have a 15-goal-a-season striker, that's, that's the seven or eight extra points that we didn't get this season. And I, I think the a lot of there's been a a lot of weird kind of criticism about how creative the side is. We had the fourth most attempts at goal in the Premier League last season, fourth most shots on target, um, and we scored. Uh, you know, I think we were the sixth highest scorers in the league. Like the the problem is clear. Um, we need uh, a striker that can occupy defenders, can run lines, and be a threat in the box. And I, I like I like Gabriel Jesus, but you need you need a few graphs to prove why he's great as a striker. Like last season, um, up until the Newcastle game where he scored four goals, he was trailing Lacazette um, for goals, uh, you know, racking up the same amount of appearances. The season before, he got thirteen goals as a striker off of forty-one games. Like he's he doesn't ever outperform. He's, he's XG. He's not a natural finisher. I would like a striker. Listen, I'd like a Kev Campbell in there. I want a, I want a <laughs> tall striker that, that is strong, that's going to get on the end of balls, that's going to hold up play, that's going to bully defenders, um, and that's going to cause problems all game. And I, 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 don't, I don't understand how we can go from bidding $65 million for Vlahovic registering interest in Alexander Isak at Sociedad um, to signing a striker that's five foot ten. And especially like Eddie Nketiah is going to be a top, top striker. I've got I've got no doubt. But he's very really? much in the same mold as Jesus. And if we're chasing a game and you're taking off Jesus and you're putting on Eddie and we're pinging, we, you know, we signed all these specialist players that can find uh, high balls from 60 yards. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't spend your 65 million on a striker that's six foot two that can cause problems in the air. So I'm, I'm hoping that Tammy Abraham is on the list. I think that, you know, he's an, I think he's an Arsenal fan. Arsenal wanted him last summer, but they couldn't shift on any, any of their strikers. He's gone to Italy, which is a notoriously tough league to score goals. And he's broken records. Uh, he's 24 years old. He's robust. He's strong. He can dribble. 
um, and he, he wrote this tweet when he was like 15 or 16. And it, it was something like, um, I'm too, I'm too busy trying to be in FIFA to play FIFA. And I just thought that kind of captured wow. the, the type of focus and character that he is. And, um, I think he would score lots of goals in our system and he's, you know, he's, he's Premier League proven. So, um, that, that's the player that, that I would like to see. And I think Gabriel Jesus, it just, it just doesn't make sense uh, to me. He's not, uh, he's, I don't think he's a, would be as effective. And I hope that it's just a paper rumour and the, the real deal is going to be someone that's going to be a, a physical presence uh, for us next season. So I'm sliding over to Super Kev here because in January, we both said on a few shows why are, Chelsea would never give him to us, but Tammy Abraham would solve a lot of our problems. And in fact, we've talked about how we've never really replaced Giroud and had, let alone like a plan A in certain situations, but a plan B. Giroud's gone off and won another um, <laughs> championship title. Uh, probably the most underappreciated, underrated player, not only at Arsenal, but maybe in Premier League history. There I said it, everyone. Everyone, I mean, the dude is just a serial winner and contributes wherever he goes. Kev, I know that you are still hot on Tammy. Yeah, I am. I always have been. I'm hot on Tammy and I'm hot on Jesus. Um, Pedro mentions 41 games. Most of the time where he plays, he doesn't play as a striker. A lot of the time he plays, he plays wide. They mix and match him to, to what the team need. And that's, that's Pep for you. He can afford to do that. You know, even when he was there with Aguero, Aguero's going to be the, the main man down the middle. The, the fact of the matter is, Jesus is a player who can play multiple positions and he can score goals. And I could tell you this much, if we'd had Jesus up front instead of Lacazette, we would have won a lot more of those games. A lot yeah. more. Why? Because he's got the speed to be able to beat and run through defences without the ball. So, again... I understand Pedro's uh, what Pedro's talking about, but that's at Man City, at Arsenal, where you know we break, we broke quickly, and uh, and stuff like that with Martinelli and, and and Saka. We needed someone who could run at the top. When Eddie came in, and Eddie's, as far as we're concerned, Eddie's not the answer. He can be a good striker, but maybe not at Arsenal. Look at the difference he made just by being busy and having a little bit more more pace. So. I just think it's it's a it's a it's a very difficult one. We need two strikers m minimum. We need two two strikers or three forwards. You you actually said we need eight players, Kev, and I don't do. think that's off. And I quote you on every every show I go on. Yep. You know, and I think it's. Um, and by I the think... way, so that's yes. minimum. <laughs> we need eight. Minimum, mm. we need eight players. Because, you know, you by the time you start talking about you need two fullbacks, I think we need three in midfield and we need two strikers and a, and a wide man. That's eight. Wrapped. Done. You know, Don't, we know we've got an extra keeper coming in. We know, we know Saliba's coming back, so he's the centre-half. So we've got cover there. So is are we convinced, Pedro, that Saliba's coming back? Yeah, I think so. I, the 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 concern is that he's got he's got to sign a deal, and um, and New, Newcastle have just hired Dan Ashworth, who's come from Brighton, and Brighton's system is playing the ball out the back, and uh, Saliba would look pretty good in the Newcastle system. And I think the other concern is that he'd want to be in that World Cup squad for for the French team. But um, you know he'll get opportunities. He'll get opportunities at Arsenal. But yeah, like you, you plug uh, you plug Saliba in. That's one down. You bring Ainsley back. He can be a right back, um, backup. That's two down. You have got the Matt Turner coming over from uh, from the MLS. That's hey, last uh, that's night, didn't he? Did you watch the yeah, game that's last your backup night? goalkeeper sorted? Like there's um. There are there are internal options that can sort of bring down the requirement, but I think I, I, at least two forwards. Like we need a, I think we need, you know, we need to replace Pepe, 
and you need a striker and then ideally two two midfielders. I mean, it w- if it was Neves and Tielemans, we'd be dancing in the street. I think those two are unbelievable <laughs> players. I got to I went to the Wolves game and watched uh, Neves up close. I didn't realize that he's actually he's a very powerful guy. Mm, like he's no uh, that the the biggest fraud of last summer was that he's he's just another jacker. He is not so much more aggressive with his passing, so much more ambitious. He shoots, um, but I I I think if we got four top players, I think if you just got two forwards, a fullback. And a, and a top top midfielder, we're top four next season, I think. Like, uh, but they have to. We have to get these signings. I think it's about getting quality signings this summer. Like, we can't. We sign four Nuno Tavares's, we're in trouble. But if we get four, four players yeah, of the no. quality of Erdegaard, I honestly think that you know, I think the Spurs <laughs> talk is over the top. I think that that's going to come undone there, and um, I think that I, I don't think we have to do as. I, I, I don't think the job to be done is as, as not as difficult. It is going to be difficult, but I think the I, I think that it's easier for us to get our summer right than than, than the Spurs. Yeah, I've I feel flex. I hear you because you know a lot of Arsenal players, like I said at the top of the show, poo poo Tommy Yasu and Ramsdale. You know, um, I don't think Ben White deserves but, the. But what criticism. are we dreaming about? Right, we're not we're we're not dreaming at all. We're actually now in a position to offer European football. We signed Aubameyang and Partey and Tierney and Lacazette and Gabriel with you know Europa League carrot being dangled in front of them. It opens the door and a passage back to Champions League football. There's no reason why Arsenal shouldn't be having ambitions to to win the Europa League next season. Hopefully, Mikel Arteta has also learned from his mistakes from the Europa League semi-final against Unaya Emery and also from trying to plug in Xhaka as a left-back and leaving Lokonga as a lone man wolf in the midfield. Hopefully he will come back as well, smarter and brighter when it comes to managing the Arsenal Football Club. But also let's hope that he has a bit more experience and assets to be able to do that. Um, So... With that said, throw in your questions. We've got Super Kev for literally another eight minutes here. We've got Pedro no. for a f- eight minutes or five. five okay, five. we've got Kev for five. And Pedro, I have you for maybe 10 because I want to do that fun segment with you at the end. For sure. Um, we have 420 people in live chat. We have 150 likes. It'll be it'll be two minutes if we don't get it up. Come on, so squaddies. Two minutes. Okay. Seriously. Come on. Um, let's get Simon's question. If Saliba comes back, do you think he'll be there 100 for the Gaffer and squad? I feel like there is a beef there. Pedro, what's your take? I think people infantilize football players and they, you know, they, they, they see the loan as a massive disrespect. Saliba has gone to Marseille, played four and a half thousand minutes, been in a European semi-final. He's got into the, the, the French national squad. Confidence will be through the roof. He's going to be coming back to Arsenal and he's going to be knocking on that first team door. If he'd stayed in our team last season, he would have played 15 games max. And I, I think he might have, there would have been a higher chance he would have exited. So I think he's going to come back uh, a man. I'm excited to see him back. And he, the kid, he's an Arsenal fan. You're going to, you get to play in London, we'll give you a pay rise um, and, and welcome him back. I'm, I don't think that the the beef problem is, is, is going to be an issue. I think that, um, Arteta knows that he's got to make this work and there is not a better young centre-back in Europe for us to be picking up this summer. So um, I'm sure that he'll go to town on on making him feel welcome. Okay, Kev, here's one for you. Um, what if Arteta doesn't get top four and no trophies? If he doesn't, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, he, listen, we've had one trophy. What is it? In one trophy in three seasons, right? That was an FA Cup or, or whatever. The, the, the fact of the matter is, if Mikel Arteta qualifies for the Champions League next season, if he did, great. But if he doesn't, questions are going to be asked. 100% questions are going to be asked. 100%. So that's part and parcel. That's part and parcel of being the Arsenal manager now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can that and keep your job after having so many windows and so much investment um here's another quick one kev you can answer this one before you go uh, mm-hmm. from gilfi don't you think that the signing of Lakonga and Tavares uh, was a total waste of funds how confident are you we won't make the same mistake 
Um, no, I don't think it's a waste of funds because they're good young players. And the problem with fans are you don't give anybody time to develop. You just expect them to come in and hit the ground running where they've been playing in Europe, they haven't been playing in England. And we won't make the same mistake again because what we need is experienced players to be coming in, players who can handle it, could play for that for that badge and who can make us better. I think that that's the next signings we need to see, players who majority we know and we could we could rely on. Okay. Um, by the way, infantilize or infanticize um, has thrown everyone off, uh, by the way, Pedro. They're not sure if it's a new buzzword, but Gunnar Russ and Newman are all over this. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, uh, it's an actual word, isn't it? Infan infanticize. Infanticize. Spend, it's been years and years wishing you could be young again, only to discover that actually... No, they're, they're riffing I, off your word where you said when I asked you about Salah. Oh, infantilize. Infantilize. infantilize oh, yes, sorry. Yes. Um, yeah, no. Infantilize is to uh, like pretend that like if you're a, if you're a top level athlete, which I certainly was not, and you get into you're part of the 0.2% that makes it to the very elite like him. You I'm are tough. You are you are tough as nails. And like people are like, oh, you know, he he, he must feel so wrong. It's like, this is a man. This is someone competing with alpha males at the top, top, top level. They don't care about stuff like this. These are elite. These are elite of the elite. Like this, this babying of, of players. It's just like, unless, unless William Saliba comes out and says, I was really offended. Let's assume that he's just happy to get on with it. And I think he did a meet uh, interview. He said, what the way that I, you know, the, the way that it went down at Arsenal, I realized I was a nobody. And I wanted to be a somebody. That's the attitude. That's top level athletes. You know, that's why I'm not an athlete. Uh, and that's why Kev was, you know, he knows about it. And I think we we try and place emotion on players that doesn't really exist, that they don't really think about life. I don't think footballers think like that. And I think William Saliba will not feel wrong. I think he'll feel a million bucks going back to Arsenal because he's he's got the right to say, maybe I'm one of the best defenders at Arsenal now. Pedro, now when he walks in the building, everybody looks at him like that not yeah. like that they look at him like that big yeah. french international now he's he, he's coming in to shake things up that's for sure agree yeah. agree well he said some things that arsenal fans have every right to question i totally understand what you're saying and i completely agree with you but he's also said a few things like you know the champions league thing and of course some of the interviews but ultimately agree that um in what you're saying and just because working with Kev for so long in terms of how the athlete thinks super Kev we've got to get you out you've got to go listen Pedro lovely speaking to you please come on again I'd love to have this conversation with you and Sophie again and the squaddies obviously Sophie thanks darling have a lovely 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 day everybody and remember squaddies tell your loved ones you love them don't wait look after yourself everybody and take care cheers See you, Super Kev. We love you. Squaddies. That's awesome. And remember, Kev might be leaving, but he'll be checking on you guys, 430 of you in live chat. Um, so please do hit that like button. Uh, Super Kev, uh, we, we will be bringing Pedro. You promised to come back, right? Of course you will come oh, back. Oh, absolutely. This We're has been have a phenomenal debut We're... for you. Phenomenal yeah, debut. Yeah, no, this is it's fun. I love the chemistry you've got, you, you both got. It's, a, it's such a such a fun show. Well, we, um, yeah, our squaddies help make that too. So the summer series, I promise, we've talked Arsenal, we've talked defenders, we've talked wing backs, we've talked midfielders, strikers, the manager, Spurs versus Arsenal, who's more attractive in this summer window. I promise the guys that also there's going to be a bit of a getting to know you, right? So I hope you've come prepared with the list that I sent to you, right? So Pedro, the writer of La Grove, the host of the Arsenal Opinion Show, Let's get stuck into a little bit of pop culture fun. All right. It is the summer after all. Your favorite film? Yeah. So I, I, when people ask you, if I ask the favorite film, you try and think of something uh, very fancy, very indie. And I do like that, that side of things. But the film that I would always go back to that is the greatest film, uh, Jurassic Park, my absolute wow. favorite. Uh, and and it's one of those ones where people are like, oh, like that's a that's that's a bit lowbrow, 
I think uh, <laughs> it's 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 a classic. It still works today. I went to Oahu to go on the tour of where they shot it, um, and it's just it's just pure entertainment. And I, I still I reference it at work when I'm talking about certain things, like the Raptors pinging the gates. Is uh, you know I, I I use all sorts of terminology from it. So I think it's uh, I, I've got a broad taste in films, but that's a classic for me. Yeah, I, I I think maybe and also films you have in buckets, right? It's my go-to movie when I'm blue or I'm sick, and my when I need to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like I love Jerry Maguire. I think it's a classic. But when Harry Met Sally for me is one of the most perfect movies that has ever been made. It's just absolute genius. I was actually in a theater in London watching Jurassic Park, one of the first at a media screening, and it was groundbreaking. It was a really major deal. Um, at the time and of course they've reinvented the wheel and stuff like that let's get your favorite tv show uh so i think the 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 tv i had to think about what affected me after and what made me want to read books about it and it's it's a, it's a, a bit of a standard one but I, I think sopranos has stood the test of time um i think the the way that it addressed toxic masculinity in the late 90s in such a bold way still looks it still feels fresh and modern to this day i think the writing was um exceptional the whole way through and it's it's the only tv series that i've ever watched and i missed uh i missed mm. after it so it's uh it's a sopranos for me mine is mad men you know uh oh, amazing such an amazing television show and also a show that ingrains itself on popular culture and changes style and infuses fashion and uh, all sorts of um, transitions in kind of film content and enter in, in, uh, TV content and entertainment to really inspired this new wave of period piece television shows. And I just think that it's brilliant. Oh my God, Craig, uh, Cairo, I watched Greece last night. I was thinking, I, ju I just want to switch off and Tony put Grease on and it is the greatest musical that has ever been made. What an absolute insane film that was. And a bit naughty. If you listen to the lyrics of some of the songs for 1978 at the time, um, just absolute, absolute classic. It's funny that you brought that up. Another great one. See, this is what happens. We can go on for another hour now, Pedro, but we won't. Favorite actor, actors, male, female? Both. Um, Bob Odenkirk um, oh. is my favorite actor. So I want I wanted wow. to say swinging Calls. from the left today. I love it. Yeah, I wanted to say Better Call Saul was my favorite show because mm. I'm, I'm I love it and um, I think that he's just such an incredible character and just a just an like a weird actor. You're like, I he's he's absolutely he's actually amazing. He's just that he's an incredible, he's an incredible, um, he brings that show to life and, and, and everything that he does. He's such a quirky character and, um, I, I, I love him. And then, uh, female would be Olivia Coleman, just oh, a classic, okay. just a classic, just uh, like what a spectacular career, kind of like weirdly under the radar considering how many good things that she does. Um, but just uh, just just a total pro and a, and a joy. Yeah, she's she's really just fantastic. Did you see um, the the short limited series she did with David Thewlis for HBO? Gosh, it's based on a the, real story. The, the murder one, like the garden, the, the guard. Yeah, something I can't remember the, I the I name of it. I haven't seen it yet, but oh, it's, it's, it's on the just, list. It's genius. They're both brilliant in it. Absolutely fantastic. Um, okay, your favorite band. Um, f uh, there's um, Foles, my favorite band. They're uh, they're like one of those bands that when you're young, you pick up on like sort of pre first album and then sort of follow them through. And um, I, I I think that they're one of the best sort of rock bands in the in the UK, and I I love their work. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that sort of 2000s 2010s sort of indie scene that completely yeah. disappeared um at some point and got replaced by a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't really interest me but like the folds were kind of my favorite out of the back of it like proper musicians very very nice um your favorite concert you've ever been to uh demian ariaga jonas brothers <laughs> my man 
<laughs> my man, Damien. Just what uh, he he invited me to. Uh, he invited me to the gig, and he was like, um, "You should bring earplugs." And I was like, "I've been to, I've been to festivals and bands and gigs all over the world. I don't need to bring earplugs." And then I got there, and my word, the 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 the, the screen the blew screams. my ears out. And uh, yeah, and it's just fun fun watching your friend play for uh, an amazing. I want to get to see him play with Miley Cyrus because that looks. Yeah, that Lollapalooza well. event was insane. Um, getting his his pictures and stuff and uh, stuff like that. I was in I was in at Wembley Stadium, July fifteen. I was fifteen years old, and I saw Michael Jackson. And I was actually standing. I thought I was going to die, so my cousin put me on his shoulders. Princess Diana was in the in the in the um, arena too. Uh, stadium. It was unbelievable. You saw and Michael um, Jackson. Yeah, it was an un. It was the bad tour, and it was oh. insane. Forget about all the other peak. stuff, but music. When yeah, it was at his peak. It was the greatest tour ever. And he started to, when he was singing "Dirty Diana." He was singing it to Princess Diana, and I was like, "Am I living in a dream here?" It was insane. It was just the craziest concert I've ever been to. Um, I also love the Eagles as well. So, all right, your favorite city? New York. I mean, I, I'm from London. You can't really say where you're from, but n- New New York. I, I love. Um, I love it. It's okay. It's dirty. I love New York it's too. And dirty, real, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's full of crazy people with bundles of talent. There's always something going on. It never sleeps. All of those all of those cliches are true, but it's uh, yeah, my my favorite grubby city in the world. I love it. Um, okay, your favorite drink. Old fashioned. Ooh, nice. Uh, your favorite swag? I did wasn't really sure what you meant by favorite swag. So, like, do you have uh, do you, you know, when you're getting your 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 trainers, are you an Adidas guy? Are you a Nike guy? Are you a Elise? Were you a Lacoste guy ever? Like, oh. or are you just a guy that just buys stuff that meets the eye? I like. Uh, I don't really wear. I don't really wear sneakers. I buy. I I, I have a. I like British, like fancy British shoes. So mm-hmm. I will buy it. Like, like that's my shoes? Treat like myself. that type of churches? Like yeah, like that type kind of, of like brogues, the big sort yeah. like big chunky ones. I buy Crockett and Jones shoes and that's my like, that's my version of swag because I can't, I, cool. I, I, I don't really wear, wear sneakers very well. Okay, so a, a game and we'll get you out on this, these next two. Uh, thanks so much for having fun. And Newman, I'm not going to ask that question. You're such an idiot. Sometimes I love it. Um, <laughs> your favorite, your game that you never went to, no matter whether it's domestic or international, any era, any time that you wish you could transport yourself to and be in the crowd. I think I th- it's, it's a real basic, but Arsenal versus Liverpool, 1989. Um, I was in Spain. I mean, I was very young, but I remember being in Spain and my dad listening to it, like through a phone, through, like someone had a radio up to it. Um, and you know, I, I know people that were that were there, and it just it still feels iconic, even though I was very young when it went on. But like that, that's the game. Like, what a way to to win it all. It, uh, so, yeah, if I could be at any game in a crowd, it would have been that one. Okay, I did have this one too, but I think you may have answered it earlier in the show. But I said, if you owned Arsenal, um, who would be uh, your manager, captain, and what would your starting eleven look like in a quick nutshell? I, I, like, I, I campaigned for Arteta the first time round, so I have to suck it up and say this is the manager that I want at the club. So the the manager stays the same. Captain, uh, I think the captain would be Martin Erdegaard. And I think like our starting eleven is is uh, is is the the one that we've got at the moment. But I would add Tammy Abrahams into the mix. I would like a, a Tielemans, and then um, I think I think it would be you know the, the the rest of the players would pick themselves. But I'm I'm happy with where we are um, as a club. I think it's exciting, and sometimes the journey is is you know is the most exciting part about it. You know, Liverpool are sustaining Arsenal on the journey, so I like being on a journey with a young group of players that you feel like might be able to get to the top. So I'm, I'm really happy with where we are at the moment. Okay. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Um, no one wants to go. No England fan wants to go back to that game, by the way. No, no. Like ever, ever, ever. Um, what would, what you, game would you go back to before you? I said the 1979 FA Cup, Alan Sunderland, because it was it was such a topsy-turvy game. And it, it, Man United thought that they were going to win that in the end. And then getting to the 3-2 and just that whole moment, and to be honest with you, as an opposing fan, if I could be at a game, um, because Anfield 89, okay, yeah, of course, the winning the league at White Hart Lane um, was great. Um, but the 99 Champions League game between Man United and Bayern Munich, to be in that stadium for that insanity, those two goals in added time, my goodness, oh. that would have yeah. been, you know, completely insane. Uh, Chief Like Officer Tammy, you've done a great job, 195 likes. If you didn't hit the like button on the way in, hit it on the way out. Don't forget to leave your wristband at the door so you can get in uh, next time. Pedro, you have been absolutely brilliant. I've loved having you on, loved our conversation. You've already promised to come back, um, and we're going to make that happen when the season starts next season, um, and we'd love to have you on a lot more. You, We broke your cherry but I think it it's worked fantastic. Really well. I had a great time. <laughs> I love the show. Thank you for having me on. We've got to have you on the Arsenal opinion as well and get the cross-pollination going. Totally. Absolutely. Um, Kevin, and I would love to do that. Um, to you, squaddies, we hope you enjoyed the show. Show some love. Um, let them know where they can find you, all your work, uh, Pedro. Um, yeah, you can find um, you can you can find the website, lagrove.co.uk. We try and write something every day. And we have a, a podcast called The Arsenal Opinion. Um, so you can type that into YouTube or you can uh, you can get it in all of your podcast apps uh, if you want to listen to a bit more. Brilliant. Awesome stuff, squaddies. Uh, don't forget to share with everyone. You guys take care. Uh, I will be back live on Monday with another very special guest. So look out on the Twitter page and the YouTube community page as well. Uh, Super Kev um, will be back at some point next week. In the meantime, take care. We love you lots, like vodka shots. Um, be safe. And if you ever need to reach out uh, for any reason, if it's not even football-related, there's been a couple of uh, serious conversations in chat tonight. Don't think that I don't notice them. I do. Please email me, thehybrysquad at gmail.com. Thehybrysquad at gmail.com. You know how much we love our community and our people, and we are always here to support and help however we can. Until then, we love you. Thanks, Pedro, again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. At ease, everyone. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. <laughs>